the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God wants you to live a life that's big, a life that's bigger than yourself and inspired by the vision he has just for you. The challenge is that sometimes we get stuck on the journey. Things become stagnant and and keep us from living up to our full potential. We know that sometimes, you know, things need to change, but we just don't know what or how. When this happens, the, the big question we must ask ourselves is how do I get unstuck? How do I break free from these limitations? To help you identify where you are on your journey to living big, I've developed an assessment tool that will reveal where you are and and where you're stuck. Based on your individual results, this tool will point you toward resources that are going to help you remove barriers and, and, and keep you moving forward. This assessment is completely free. Not only that, once you complete the assessment, you'll be directed to a page where you can claim a free copy of my brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big. Don't settle for mediocrity, live big. Let's get started by visiting canilivebig.com and let's visit it today. That's canilivebig.com. You were made to think big, do big, live big. But tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world Live a life bigger than yourself You're created for greatness Live a life bigger than yourself You've tuned in to the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer, pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. God's Word is powerful and full of life. It opens your eyes to how big God is and how big life in Him can be. We pray that today's teaching compels you to grow and live a life bigger than yourself. Download this message and more at gracechurchva.org. Here's Dr. Greer with today's Live Big Message. Hey, man, this morning we're going to be in Genesis chapter 28. We're going to begin with the 10th verse. And we're going to look at a narrative that if you were a kid and you went to Sunday school, you probably heard a little bit about Jacob's Ladder. Um, But I think you're going to see it a little differently today than you have ever uh, seen it, and uh, we're going to dig in, we're going to grow, and we're going to really learn today. So it's okay if you're seeing things through a different lens and, and, and you're being expanded, because that, that's what this Sunday is all about. Again, Genesis 28 and verse 10. Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. Jacob had just left home for the first time. And he was journeying to the ancestral homeland of uh, his mother, Rebecca, and his grandfather, Abraham. And uh, the background here is Jacob at this time is on the run from his brother Esau, who had just threatened to kill him. Uh, he had stolen his birthright. It's a whole, whole deal that took place. And uh, also at the same time, his parents were wise enough to send him away, but also send him away looking for 
uh, a wife. So uh, his daddy said, listen, uh, you got to go because of your brother. But also when you go, I, I need you to come back with the girl of your dreams. So this is important. If you're on the run, make sure you're not just running from something. You're running towards something. And, uh, you know, Jacob's parents were wise enough to make sure that was the case. Verse 11. So he came to a place and he stayed there all night because the sun had set. Now, it was Esau that was the rugged outdoorsman. Esau was the man's man. Esau was the captain of the football team, the captain of the wrestling team. He made the the basketball team. I mean, he was homecoming king. I mean, Esau was all of those things. He was just just the, the epitome of a guy. But when the Bible describes Jacob, it describes him a little bit differently. It describes him as a man who stayed at home among the tents. So the scripture is saying that Jacob was a homebody and he he would be what today some might even call a mama's boy. Yeah. And and you you can find yourself everywhere in the Bible and uh, you know, no, no shame. Now, if you're a mama's boy, be a mama's boy, do it. All right. But here's Jacob. He started out that way, but he doesn't end up that way. Okay. He was broke. he, He was all alone. He's out of his element, and we see here the darkness begins to fall, and all of a sudden, this decision to go off became very, very, very real. The Bible says he took one of the stones of that place, and he put it at his, his head. Now, everyone he knew, everything he had valued in life, everything that was familiar to him was now miles behind. He had traveled for days to get to where he was at this particular point in his journey, He only had a stone here as his pillow, but he had to quickly learn to adjust and and find peace even in hard places. Now, I don't agree a whole lot with, with Charles Darwin, but he makes this observation. He said, it's not the strongest species that survives, nor is it the most intelligent species that survive. It's the ones that are the most adaptable to change that survive. And we see Jacob was a survivor. And he might not have naturally been the outdoors man, but when he was put outdoors, he did it. He, he adjusted and, and he made all the shifts and changes. And, and you may not at this moment be everything you wish you were, but if you allow God to mold you and shape you, you will be whatever you need to be for the moment that you're facing. And scripture says, and he lay down in that place to sleep. I remember trying to sleep my first night in, in college in the dormitory and, uh, you know, you're thinking, am I going to fit in? Am I going to make friends? Do I have what it takes to make it in this new environment? You also remember in the past and, and also you're in a new place. You don't know how firmly the door is really locked. Can someone come into your room and, and you know, any, any little rattle in the room, you're paying attention. Was that a rat? What, you know, what, 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 what is the deal? Well, that was my college situation. Okay. Maybe, maybe not yours. But Jacob, at first, you know, he's doing a little tossing and, and turning and every rustle of bushes, he's wondering, was that a fox? Is it a lion? Is it, is it a wolf? And all that's going on. But finally, he fell into a deep sleep. And when you're in God's will, he can give you rest. And the rest was so deep. The Bible says in verse 12, then he dreamed. There were three incidents in Jacob's life where God spoke to him in dreams. And they were all quite powerful. In fact, God used dreams quite a bit in Bible history. Uh, Joseph, the father of Jesus, 
saw an angel in a dream and that angel directed him to take the child to Egypt and he did. And then uh, Joseph dreamed again while he was in, in, in Egypt. He then brought the child back, and, and, and that was the pattern. It was the way God spoke to Jacob. But we also saw that uh, God protected Sarah from Abimelech in a dream. God appeared to him in a dream and said, don't touch that woman. And he was like, okay, and, and, and all the rest. We, we also know that God gave Pharaoh a dream about the, the, the seven cows and the, the heads of grain. And, and then because of that dream, he called for Joseph, and Joseph became number two in authority in the land. It was in a dream, actually, and you may not have realized this. It wasn't a vision. It was a dream that, that Solomon had where God asked him, you know, ask for what you want. And in that dream, Solomon answered rightly. And because of that right answer, God blessed him and gave him wisdom beyond any king before Jesus Christ in that time. On and on, we see the power of dreams and God using dreams to reach and impact people. And you would think, okay, that's an Old Testament thing. But in the New Testament, in Acts chapter 2 and verse 17, we find God promising the same thing. Matter of fact, he says, as we get closer to the end, the amount of dreams and visions God gives his children is going to escalate. So God has not stopped giving us dreams. He's not stopped giving us visions. The question is not, does God still speak? The question is, are we still listening? Amen. That, that, yeah, that's, that is a good question. Amen. Then he dreamed and behold, and that behold draws attention to what's about to be said next, a ladder. Now, this was not a rung ladder like we walk up. It was more like a staircase. And uh, he says the staircase was set up on the earth and its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on this staircase, like the cigarettes uh, in Mesopotamia. And this would happen throughout the life of Jacob, but ultimately it was foreshadowing what would happen after Jesus came. In fact, let's dig into that just a little bit. We're going to look at some Bible truth, and then we're going to come back out and uh, get back to the verses we're in. Go to John chapter 1 and verse 50. Jesus is speaking. He said this. He answered and said to Nathanael, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? Well, basically, Jesus supernaturally knew what was going on with, with Nathanael. And, uh, you know, when, when Nathanael came back excited about the fact that Jesus was able to read his mail the way he read it, he was real excited. And Jesus was like, you haven't seen anything yet. He said, you will see what greater things, like a word of knowledge is nothing compared to, man, I'm going to shine like the sun. I mean, some incredible stuff's going to happen. You're going to see the dead come back from life. 51. And then Jesus said to him, and he used the most solemn words that could be said without an oath in the Bible. In the King James Version, it says, verily, verily. If it was uh, Aramaic, it would be amen, amen, or amen, amen. But what he says in the New King James Version is most assuredly again the strongest language that could possibly be used he says most assuredly i say to you hereafter you shall see heaven what open so what was about to happen we're going to discover in a few verses was was not just for jacob it was for all humanity you shall see heaven open and the angels of god ascending going up and descending upon watch this the son of man Notice that Jesus did not compare himself to Jacob. He compared himself to the ladder. 
or to the staircase. And what he is saying is you're going to see angels on assignment coming back and forth in my life because Jesus here is the only bridge that was long enough, the only bridge that was strong enough for the blessings of heaven to finally come down to earth and do what God wanted to do from the beginning of time. First Timothy two and five helps us dig into this just a little bit more before we come up for breath. First Timothy two and five for there is one God and one mediator. Not Muhammad, not Buddha, not Krishna. One God. One mediator. And people get mad at that. It's like, did he really owe you two? Be thankful you got one. One. Matter of fact, if you get it right the first time, why are you going to repeat it the second time? I mean, can anyone really come after Jesus? Can he do it twice? I mean, come on. There's only one of those. And one mediator between God and man. Watch this. The man. Christ Jesus. This may surprise folks, but Jesus did not come to create a new religion. He came to open a way. You see, because of our sin, because of our rebellion, that the way and the access to God was blocked, but Jesus opened the way through his blood and through his cross. He made a way out of no way. He was a bridge over troubled water. He, 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 matter of fact, when we get to our dead ends and on the highway, he's the one that hits recalculate. He brings us from the bottom to the top. And here's the deal. I may not be there yet, but I'm closer than I was yesterday. I, I may not have made it to the top. I, I might just be on step number three, step number four, but I am moving. I am progressing. I'm not where I'm going, but I'm not where I was. This is my reality, and this is the wonder of the Lord Jesus. Verse 13. And behold, the Lord stood above this, this, these steps. It's open heaven. And you see this opening. The Father is standing, and he speaks. And this is what God is doing today. Again, remember, Jesus is not Jacob in this situation. Jesus is the latter. So we see that God's standing above the cross. And he's saying, each of us, take that first step. Embrace Jesus. I got a, man, I got so much more for you. Start there with my son. Embrace him. And I'm going to begin a journey with you that, that, man, that, that you could not even begin to imagine. A life of influence isn't achieved overnight. It is built through the consistent application of wisdom and hard work. Dr. Derek Greer's brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big, provides you with 120 bite-sized nuggets of insight on practical topics such as marriage and finances, as well as wisdom for personal growth and leadership development. It will ask you penetrating questions to help you reflect and apply what you've learned. This book will stimulate self-examination and provide fuel for personal transformation. The best thing about it, Dr. Greer is offering this book to you absolutely free. That's right, a free copy of 120 Minutes to Live Big, mailed to you as a gift. However, that's not all. You will also get 30 days access to Dr. Greer's Growth Lab, a program designed to help you grow from good to great, from mediocre to extraordinary. It's our prayer that this gift leaves you with a burning desire to be better and become everything God wants you to be. So, if you want to live a life that overflows and blesses others, this gift is for you. Claim your free book and get free 30-day access to Dr. Greer's Growth Lab. Simply visit dgmfree.com. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Dr. Derek Greer. Find out more about Dr. Greer, Grace Church, and today's teaching at gracechurchva.org. 
Let's get back to today's teaching. He said, and behold, the Lord stood above it. And then God speaks to him and he's speaking to Jacob for the first time. And he uses several terms to describe his being or to introduce himself. He says, I am. That sounds a little bit like the burning bush, doesn't it? He says, I am. And then you see Lord and you see God. That word Lord with with small caps there is Yahweh or Jehovah. That second word God is the the term that was used when God created, you know, the waters and, and the mountains, the sea, the birds and all that stuff. Elohim. So to describe himself, there's no really one word in, in any language that could fully capture God's essence. So so God had to put a couple descriptives together to describe to Jacob who was talking to him. So he, he's standing there and he's saying, I am Jehovah Elohim. Basically, I am the big in bigness, the it in all itness. You hear what I'm saying? I I am the self-existent one, the ever-present one. I am the never-failing one. I am the on-time God that your father and your grandfather had talking to you, spoke to you about it, and and you learned about as a kid. He said, I am. He introduced himself, and here's the problem. He had been the God of Abraham. He had been the God of uh, Isaac. But how many of you know that God has no grandchildren? Yeah, he wants to be father to eat, not granddaddy. He doesn't want to relate to you through someone else in your family. He wants to be your personal God, your your personal father. Jesus didn't say, you know, my father, hallowed. He said, our father, hallowed be the name. All the disciples were to know God as, as Abba. I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of, of Isaac. And what was happening here was God was calling Jacob into relationship with himself. And what's amazing here is despite the many weaknesses of Jacob, if you read the narratives before, he had a lot of problems. He was a thief. He was a liar. He was a little bit of a mama's boy and, and uh, sneaky, uh, all types of, when you read this, this guy was just not the greatest of all, all guys, but here's the deal. He was God's choice. And here's the deal. When God has selected you, it really doesn't matter who rejects you. I don't know why God chose me. I don't know why God chose you, but he did. And can't nobody touch it. Can't nobody stop it. That's in God's mind. It's his choice. And I am grateful. And then he continues. He says, Jacob, the land on which you lie right now, I will give to you and to your descendants. He left home without a penny in his pocket all by himself out there on his lonesome. And the Lord gives him the Abrahamic promise. And why did God give it to Jacob and not Esau? I think he wanted to make a point. It's not because you're the best or the strongest or the brightest. It's God's choice that makes you anything in your life. And Jacob was one of the least likelies, and he became the father, one of the patriarchs of of Israel, 14. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and the south. And I mean, this is big. And in you, the guy's not even married yet. He's talking about his children. And in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. You know, all means all. Yeah. God did not just want to bless the Jewish people. He blessed the Jewish people. So through the Jewish people, he could bless everybody else and every family in the earth. It says all the families of the earth. And watch this. Then he says something quite amazing. This is the the, the most powerful thing, the greatest thing God could ever really say to us. He said, behold, I'm not going to send you an angel. I'm not going to send you an army of men. At this point, I'm not even sending you a bride. He said, 
Behold, I am with you. You know, peace is not the absence of problems. It's the presence of God. And when God's with you, it don't matter who's against you. You hear what I'm saying? So God is, is trying to instill confidence in this boy that didn't really even deserve to be spoken to. Again, you read the backstory. It's pretty bad. And he said, Jacob, I am with you. And then he added, and this was one of my challenges as a young man. I met the Lord when I was 20, and I know where I was coming from, and, and I know the types of thoughts I had in my head and what I wanted to do. And uh, my question was, Lord, I, you know, I'm a little bit excited right now, and I see some, but Lord, the long haul. You know, Lord, I got some issues. I got some problems. You, you know, I got a little bit of a temper. You, you, you know, Lord, I, I, I got this, and I, and I got that. Lord, can you keep me? And right out the bat, he says, Jacob, I know you're a crook. I know you're a thief. I know you're a liar. I know you're a deceiver. I, I know you're a little bit weak. I know you're a mama's boy. I, I know that you, you don't think you, you, you can run with the rest of the boy. I, I recognize all that, Jacob. But I'm with you. And secondly, I will keep you wherever. Glory. How many of y'all got some wherever? You hear what I'm saying? <laughs> wherever you go. He was saying, Jacob, I am a keeper. A man asked God in difficult times, he said, uh, why are you taking me through, Lord, these troubled waters? And God answered, because your enemies can't swim. God is always working a plan. He kept me when I was good as dead. He kept me when I couldn't even afford a loaf of bread. He kept me when I was in over my head. He kept me despite what people said. He kept me when I was hanging on by a thread. He kept me and he will keep you. You see, the will of God will never take you where the grace of God can't keep you. That's the truth I know. And God continues. He's infusing confidence into this boy. And I want you to watch how the boy responds because that's the way God wants you to respond. And I will bring you back to this land. You may be facing some setbacks, but here's the deal. If God got you back, you're going to come back. So, so I can't say you're not going to face some setbacks. I can't say that. But I just know that, that they beat Jesus, left him for dead, and on the third day, he got up again. What I am saying is with God on the inside of you, you can rebound and you can bounce back. He said, I, I will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you, meaning you're my assignment, until I have done what I have spoken to you. How many of you know God watches over his word to perform it? He doesn't lightly say anything. If he says it, that sells it, that's it. It is written. It is done. Then Jacob, all that's happening. God's going to be with me. God's going to keep me. God's going to be the land. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to have children. Wow. He's going to bless me. Jacob awakes from his dream. And he says, surely the Lord is in this place. Now, the reason why there was such surprise in his tone when he says, surely the Lord's in this place was because in this time, People thought that they were, first of all, they felt that there were multiple gods. It was only the Jewish people that believed that they were monotheistic. They only believed in one God. People believed that there was a God of Sumerians, the God of the, the Romans. There was a, a God of, uh, you know, the, this other tribe. They also felt that there were gods, you know, assigned to certain geographical areas, meaning there was gods of the mountains and gods of the valleys. So, you know, if you were a traveler and you went into Mesopotamia, you would worship that God, appease that God because you're in that God's land. And if you went to another land, you do the, the same thing. So, uh, so he, here's the deal. This concept was that God was confined to geographical locations. And when he left his father's house, 
there was this sense that, you know what, he had left the covering of his daddy's God. But, but what I want to show you is that the God that we serve is not a sometime God or, or, or someplace God. That, that's really important. He's a whatever, however, whenever, and wherever God. He's, see, what we do sometimes, not you, it's the person next to you, but what we do is, you know what, you know, I can worship God in church, but you can worship God in your pew. You don't have to be loud. God can show up on your job. God can show up in, in that crazy circumstance. And he can show up while you're commuting and slugging in. God is not limited to some house somewhere. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And wherever we are, he is. And he was saying, listen, Jacob, I'm not a provincial God. I'm not like these idols you can put on a shelf somewhere and kind of contain me. I'm the God of the whole universe. The earth is my footstool. You hear what I'm saying? I, I am God of everything. And, and this began to hit young Jacob. And he began to realize I'm dealing with something major here. And this is not just a religious dream. This is God trying to talk to me. You've been listening to Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live big. Listen to this message and much more from Dr. Greer for free at gracechurchva.org. We also invite you to join Dr. Greer and the Grace Church family here in Dumfries, Virginia, not far from Quantico Marine Base. We would love to meet you and have you join us for worship, teaching, and fellowship every Sunday and Wednesday. Get directions, service times, and much more at gracechurchva.org. That's our time for today. Join us weekdays at this time for the teaching ministry of Dr. Derek Greer. And remember, until next time, live big. God wants you to live a life bigger than yourself, inspired by the vision he has for you. Sometimes we get stuck on our journey. We know something needs to change, but we don't know what or how. The question we must ask ourselves is, how do I break free from these limitations? To help you identify where you are on your journey to living big, Dr. Derek Greer has developed an assessment tool to reveal where you're stuck. Based on your individual results, this tool will identify the barriers keeping you from moving forward. Once you complete this free assessment, you'll be able to claim free a copy of Dr. Greer's brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big. To get started, visit CanILiveBig.com today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.